What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bones Brigade audio show. I am Larry, and with me, as always, is Matt. Matt, how are you, sir? Good, man. What's up? How are you doing? I'm doing good. And we have a special guest already on the call with us. Matt, who do we have here? The one and only Anita Tessenson, Sanford. Recent, yes. as of a few days ago, Skateboarding Hall of Fame inductee. Hey, guys. <laughs> That's amazing. You, so yeah, we wanted to have you on real quick to talk about that. That's amazing. How did this all happen? Or how do they contact you? Do you know? Is it a mystery? It is a total mystery. I got a message from Todd about four o'clock. So a couple hours before. Okay. Saying, hey, by the way, let me be the first to inform you that you know, you're going to be inducted into the Skateboarding Hall of Fame. And wow. And That's let amazing. me know when they were going to go live. So that was my New Year's Eve, was watching that at six o'clock and then just being totally blown away. Totally That's, blown away. What a way to so cool. bring it in, right? Yeah, no that's doubt. amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was New Year's Eve and I was looking at my, you know, I was just like, oh, I've looked at my phone too much today. I'm just going to take one more last peek and then I'm going to put this thing away for the night. And then uh, that's when I saw it and I texted you like, holy cow, this is amazing. And I didn't know if they had uh, you know, reached out to you before and you had to keep it on the the lowdown. You know, you weren't allowed to say anything till they made their announcement. But like you said, they just texted you like a couple hours before. Well, it was actually on Instagram. Oh, I wow. I saw that they shared the ad and I was like, oh, in their story. I'm like, cool. Well, tag me so I can share it. And I didn't know why yeah. Um, yeah. they shared the ad, but yeah, little preview. That's amazing. Little nugget. Yeah, Larry texted me and he's like, when you when because I didn't see it when it, when they made the announcement right away. And he's like, dude, go check out the skateboarding hall of fame Instagram, like right now. Your mind's gonna be blown. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was exciting. Was. My mind is definitely blown. I'm super stoked, so honored. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Have they said when the award ceremony is gonna be? When or where? Um, just a hopefully in May. Okay, coming County, up. So we'll see. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. They've had it at the the Vans headquarters the last few years, so maybe that's where they're gonna have it again. I didn't know if they'd have it at the museum or at Vans, or but if they said Orange County, it's probably at Vans. Oh yeah, he said the Vans headquarters. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. I will. Uh, I think I'm gonna try to come out, come out for that. Oh, that same. Would be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Got to come and support. Yeah. You're Definitely. in some heavy company too. You got John Lucero. You got the late great Jeff Grasso. Like, yeah, I, I just pulled up the list. I thought we could run down a little bit. So in the the icons category, Skip Engblom, you know, uh, Zephyr sponsored Stacy Peralta on the surf and skate team. We don't forget Blo Doorman at the Blue. Tile I know Lounge. I was just about to say Bouncer and Doorman at the Blue Tile Lounge. Let's, <laughs> let's keep it uh, Paul Peralta related here. Wes Humpston, uh, you know, probably invented the skateboard graphics. You know, beyond autumn graphics logo. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Rip City Skate Shop, as seen in the Bones Brigade video show. I think it's the second oldest skate shop that's still operating uh, in the United States. From the 1960s category, Ray Flores. You know, he was Dogtown before Dogtown. And uh, he plays bass in an awesome band I love called uh, The Forgiven. And then uh, the 1970s era, Paul Constantinou uh, from Dogtown and Z-Boys, Once a Rubble, Jimmy Plummer. 70s era two howard hood lonnie hiramoto and in the 80s section john lucero and anita you know john right 
a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he was at World Industries at the same That's time. right. Lucero mm-hmm. was done out of World for a little bit. And uh, Jeff Grasso, rest in peace. It's awesome to see John and Jeff going in together as they were like best buddies. Yeah, and I mean, they, they got they got like they inked that Schmidt Sticks deal like at the same time and legendarily, like when they went to Schmidt Sticks, they both like, I think like Lucero said like he wasn't going to do it if Grasso didn't get to come along or something like oh so john was coming from madrid and jeff was coming from powell to go to schmidt yeah yeah something like that interesting yeah and then also in the 1980s category jesse martinez and jesse was anita he was kind of kind of a helper in your powell peralta journey yeah he was met him at venice beach skating there and he's like i've got to take you to uh, santa barbara come on you gotta go meet stacy and and uh, yeah so I was super stoked. I was ready to go and I wasn't able to go because my aunt <laughs> said no. Like, who is this guy? Right. Yeah. You're definitely you not getting him? in this dude's car. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, but yeah. Yeah. How cool. That'll, yeah. Be, that'll be cool too. And uh, who would have ever thought, him. you know, how many, 35 years later, you guys would be going into the skateboarding hall of fame at the same time. Pretty great. Not me. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. And then the late 80s slash 90s women division, we've got Sasha Clark and Anita. Mm-hmm. And you know Sasha, right? I do know Sasha. Have you yeah. talked to her since all this has gone down? I have not. So I need to reach out to her for sure. Um, yeah. But we definitely skated together. She skated for World. Did she work there too or just skate for him? Just skate for them. I used to see her in Huntington Beach too. That's cool. Huntington High, pack and play. And in the 1990s category, we've got Mike Carroll, Rick Howard, and Tom Penny. So 17 total people going in for the 2023 Hall of Fame. Amazing. Congratulations again. That's super cool. Thank you. You've had a wild year, kind of. I really have. Thanks to you guys. (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. But then uh, I think there's some other things on the horizon that we can't talk about yet that are going to be happening, too. That's pretty exciting. Yes. So cool. So cool. cool. We're and and I get to see you in like two weeks. So we're gonna go to oh yeah, like I don't know where somewhere. Nam. And, yeah. Well, oh, Nam. Yeah. Nam. I'm going to Nam. <laughs> but then we're gonna go to like I don't know downtown Disney and get some dinner or something. So well, I think you yeah, should yeah. treat them. I have to some you. ideas. We'll be in touch. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, works. I was gonna suggest you know using the company card and treating them to Del Taco, <laughs> <laughs> right down on Catella. I want to go to Rainforest Cafe, man. Sit next to the giant animatronic elephant. Oh yeah, they tore which it is down. now the Star Wars trading post, though. So oh, it is. It is. It's no longer there. It's see, you would know can... this, and I would not. Yeah, that's cool. That's better. Yeah, dude. What? Well, listen. It's been such an honor to get to know you, and of course, Billy, and like to hang out with you and become friends, and to see this happen to you over this past year from two public domain nerds has just been like so great so great i love it well the honor love... the honor is all mine truly well yeah thank you yeah Very that's cool. awesome have you thought about the award ceremony night is it going to be like limo rides and champagne and just going wild or is it going to be a little more low-key it'll probably be low-key my nerves will be like i'll be shaken uh-huh. yeah, so <laughs> do, you, do you are you going to give a do you have to you get up you accept an award you give a speech is that how it works like i have no idea yeah, so well, I we'll think see. that's how it works. I've seen some so. videos of other years. Yeah, you better get ready. 
Public speaking, my yeah. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do anything physical on stage in front of a camera, but oi, 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 speaking. No, but it'll be gonna, great. It'll be It's awesome. going to be great. Yeah. Very so cool. great. All right. So we'll be looking out for more information on that coming up in May. And uh, you might see us there in the background cheering when they announce you. So we'll see how it goes. I'm going to get a sheet of the grip tape and just like attach it to my, to my front of my shirt. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks guys. No problem. We'll let you go. And uh, again, congratulations. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Anita. All right. There goes Anita back to the green room to munch on some red vines. (laughs) You know (laughs) You know, we need to get a Red Vine sponsor, I think. We, we should, should. We should reach out to Red Vines. We We've should be like, we, listen, quite a bit. we have this legendary green room. Yeah. Stuffed with professional <laughs> skateboarders that are trying to get out, but they can't because mm-hmm. it's a, it's like a virtual prison. But we want to give them some Red Vines. Yeah. To make their stay more enjoyable. Yeah. You're yeah. right. No, I was going to start talking about Red Vines, but we don't need to do that. But I don't even think I've mentioned, Matt, here we are at episode 50. Well, what a better way what better way to kick off our 50th episode than with an amazing friend and Hall of Famer in Anita. Yeah, ripping skater. Ripping skater, of course. Yeah, 50 episodes, man. Are we yeah. are we over the hill? Does that mean we're over the hill? Is yeah. 40 over the hill? Is there really a definition? I think we're over the hill. Yeah, I think 40 is sporty, 50 is nifty. So here we go. Is that what it is? All right. I think so. Yeah. But we have Colin McKay joining us today for uh talk about all his you know i was going through his videos last night he's got quite a catalog of paulo peralta video parts. he does dude he does yeah yeah he does some of them are are definitely more substantial than others mm-hmm. but yeah he's there and boy man I'll, I'll tell you he i think there's a lot of people out there that their entire knowledge of the richmond skate ranch is you know comes down to colin mckay because yeah. he just had that place he was, you know, that was synonymous with his video parts with Powell. Mm-hmm. I wonder, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how he feels about, about that maybe, but he definitely had that place wired. And I think that place is, on, is still on a lot of people's radars mentally mm-hmm. because he, he just Mine for had sure. so much. Yeah. He just had so much footage there and just crucified that place. So definitely. So to celebrate episode 50, it's kind of a minor little milestone in our show here. The fine folks at Powell Peralta have graciously donated a Powell Peralta Bones Brigade video DVD box set to give away. And we're also giving away, I have it right here. This is a care package from Screed Skate Bolts. And uh, we've got riser pads, mounting hardware, rails, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Let's see here. And this comes from Peter, who operates Screed Skate Bolts. So also with the package from Screed is a a quick note from Peter. I'll read it. I just opened this package minutes ago. He says, Larry and Matt, thanks for doing the Bones Brigade audio show. Hearing the stories around the making of these historic videos really brings them back to life. I began skating in the late 70s and dove headfirst through the 80s. In the 90s, snowboarding took over for me for a few years. I then went to manage a very busy skate snowboard shop during the golden era of skate shoes and now legendary brands like Toy Machine and Alien Workshop. It was great to see Paul Peralta back at the forefront with their dragon wheels and amazing young skaters and old. Never stop searching from Peter. So we're going to do a giveaway. Awesome. We've done a couple giveaways before. We're going to do it on uh, Instagram. So if you're hearing 
I'll probably, when this episode goes live, maybe the day after I will post up the giveaway. So if you're listening to this weeks later, uh, it's, it's over. Sorry. <laughs> but for now, if you're listening in the, in the first couple of weeks, uh, that giveaway contest will be active on our Instagram. But I thought just, man, this DVD box set is so great. I just grabbed it. So you'll get, if you don't have one, you're going to get the Bones Brigade video show special edition that has, you know, Stacy Peralta commentary track and also includes the elusive skateboarding in the 80s video. That's their first worth video. It, worth it just for that, really. Yeah. Future Primitive special edition that's got a great uh, Stacy commentary and then like a making of Future Primitive documentary. You've got the Animal Chin double disc special edition. Tons of extra stuff on here. Uh, making of documentary, deleted scenes, commentary from the Bones Brigade. And then we've got public domain, ban this, and propaganda in there. So if you Boom. listen to the show and you don't own that, this is like essential material here. Yeah. And thank you to Powell for doing that. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. The people at Powell, super cool to donate that. And I think yeah. we're going to do some other giveaways with them in the future, but this is the first one and we're excited to get this out to somebody. And some screed skate bolts. And screed skate bolts, rails, risers, stickers, all sorts stickers, of stuff. Stickers, all kinds of stuff. Yep. We might throw some, you know, we might throw some Bones Brigade audio show stuff in there too. Maybe, maybe a sticker or two. Heck it. A t shirt. Maybe, maybe a poster, maybe a t shirt. Yeah. You'll yeah. get the whole, whole, whole package. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Matt, anything else to uh, mention before we get Colin in here? I don't think so. I, I hear some pounding from the uh, green room door. I think he's, I think he needs to come out. So, all right. <laughs> all right. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Colin McKay. All right, Colin, thank you so much for joining us today. It's awesome to have you here. Thank you both for having me. So to start it off, I have a quick Colin McKay story I thought I'd start the show off with. Right. So this is going back, I'm going to guess, between the years of 2005 or 2007. I've been going through my memory banks trying to narrow it down, but that's, that's the window I'm working with. So I was checking into the Hard Rock Hotel, and it was busy, and there was a line, and I was in line. And then at some point, I noticed... Oh my God, this is Colin McKay right in front of me in line, checking, waiting the check-in of the hotel with me. And I was just like, wow, this is crazy. And you were there with your significant other and you went up to the desk and then, you know, I was right behind you waiting to go next. And then you turned around, you were all checked in. You saw me, I had an independent truck jacket on. So you must've knew I was skater. And we both did the what's up head flick. Well, <laughs> That's it. That's my Colin That's McKay it. story. Yeah. Awesome. That was Vegas, yeah. Yeah, Las Vegas, yeah. Okay, cool. I was trying to. Yeah, think. I remember you completely. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <for sure>. <laughs> <laughs> we're old pals now. Yeah, right. Yeah, just the. I love the that. What's I love up. those kind of stories, you know. Yeah, just a little head flick, like, yeah, what's up? Cool. You're in the club. Yep. So, all right, let's jump into the DeLorean and go back in time to Vancouver, British Columbia. Young Colin, how does skateboarding uh, enter your life? I, ha I was living in um, <clears throat> Calgary, Alberta. I had moved there from Saskatoon and I saw my first skateboard in Calgary, Alberta, like just skateboarding. They hadn't quite hit Saskatoon yet, which is in Saskatchewan. And I saw my first skateboard and it was a Rob Roscoff one. It had no trucks or wheels. My neighbor had just bought the deck and brought it home in a plastic bag. Mm -hmm. And I saw it and I was just like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. 
something about it just grabbed me, just grabbed me. And so um, borrowed friends boards for a year. And then I was in, this is like 85. I was in grade four. And that summer after grade four, I moved to Vancouver. And right when I got to Vancouver, it was on. I got my first board as we left uh, Calgary uh, from freewheeling board shop. Mm-hmm. and came to Vancouver and it was just on immediately the skateboard scene was was going off in Vancouver the first, I remember the first day I got there we went to some we went to this place called Granville Island and there was this little water park that was kind of emptied out you know what it, it was to me you remember in the in Bones Brigade video show two or whatever where Tommy goes and he's skating that place just with the, yeah. little, it the was dish that. yeah and we were just like this is insane and so there was a contest and just got into it. And then, you know, shortly after that, that same year, so that's 86, uh, Vancouver Expo 86. Happened. Yes. I wanted to ask you about that. If you attended that, did what was yeah, that? Absolutely. Like? Absolutely. And like that changed my life. You know, sure. I, mean? I, never, sure. I didn't know, like, I, I didn't understand that you could be a pro skater, this or that. And so it was like incredibly lucky to that early on have a contest like that and see, you know, all of the greats, the Jeff Phillips, Tony, like I remember just, I was sitting with a kid, a, a guy, not a kid, a guy called Colin Ruloff, who you guys might remember. He was a Powell rider back in the day and mm-hmm. he was a bird skater and he was, you know, big brother style. And we were sitting in the stands and as each pro would ro- walk in, he would be like, there's Caballero and John Lucero and I'd run down and get their autographs. And, uh-huh. and, and like, I can remember thinking that Steve Caballero was, I don't know, like when I saw him, there was like a, a glowing aura, you know, around him, like light. And I just was like, this is the cute, coolest human to ever live right here. You know, <laughs> all, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember that contest. It's so sure. like stands out so clear in my mind, but he had those like yellow plaid Batman shorts, you yes. know, mm-hmm. that, yep. like that was there. I was there. I saw that outfit in real. Like, Amazing. It was so cool. Yeah, I think he got in trouble at that contest because after his final vert run, he threw his board, board into the crowd. He's back. I was yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wanted his trucks back. That's what it was about. He threw the board and he went on the mic. He's like, hey guys, those are stage fives. I can't remember what stage they were. Yeah. Um, stage five. requested the board back and <laughs> someone gave it back to him. And I'm sure he signed some stuff for him and stuff. It was the first time I saw like a sticker toss frenzy. And mm-hmm. I was I was just... In, yeah, so you got just way, shown yeah. a whole new world that you didn't yeah. know exist, and you're like, I'm in the right place. This is for me. Yeah, absolutely. That was such a well documented contest too. You can, I mean, the the everything. Oh, I think what's it called? Radical moves. There's a video, and it's, it's like, like, oh yeah, yeah, radical moves. Whole, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. the the building of the building the ramp, and then they had the ply layered all weird, and it was it started getting mushy or kinked, or there was holes in well, it. What happened is when they originally built it, it was just plywood. And okay. then Jeff Phillips got like an eight inch sliver in his ass, I think, and had to go oh. to the hospital. Yeah. So I believe they put masonite on it after that. But the the first few days it was plywood. I believe they put masonite on after that. But that was so cool because it was like a week long thing. And we had this this bowl called Seal and Bowl, the big old snake run. Been there yeah, since it was like a sub contest kind of there, right? Yeah. And that's where like, you know, so that's where we lived every day. We didn't have a vert ramp. We just lived at the bowl. We'd roll in and do early grab airs and pull out as far as we could. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then to see these dudes show up 
and the way they skated our park just you know changed our outlook on everything the standout at the park was miller unquestionably he had the thrasher cover with the blood coming down his knee mm, you know yeah. and like i have photos of myself trying to do the same like <laughs> i yeah i skated opposite way but like trying to just emulate him and what they were doing there and that was super sick because it was like you're so close, like you're mixed right in, you know what I mean? With the pros, there was no fence or anything. Yeah, everyone was They're just right like right up on it. Yeah. Next to them, you know, I remember a, like big moment in that, at that time in my young life, I was sitting right next to Dave Andrecht. Oh, nice. And he kind of looked up and looked over at me and in his helmet, he had this like thrasher sticker that he pulled out of his helmet and it was, you know, sort of 12 inches by, you know, four inches and he just handed it to me and I'm like, you're my favorite skater. That's and amazing. I always think of that when I'm places, <laughs> I'm like the, the littlest thing, you know, this memory is so vivid, the littlest thing that, you know, sometimes you do, you're thinking like, wow, this kid might remember this forever. If you do something, you know, nice mm -hmm. to him or whatever, like to us, it's just whatever, another demo, but these, this is big deals to these For young sure. kids at times. And it's, it's a memory they'll carry with them. So and it's interesting, like Expo. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It was like a, a days long kind of transportation based. It was it was the world festival. Fair. So like Expo okay. Six, like they have them still to this day all over the place, and they have okay. like the whole world has displays, and one might be like Future Japan, and one might be you know, okay. but all it's like a world fair. So they all come together and share culture and maybe gotcha. technology and this and that kind of thing. So it was an incredible you know, place to have that contest, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I feel like Expo 86 is, it, it just, it lives on as a legendary skateboarding event now, almost exclusively. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So is that place, is that spot still there? That snake run spot? Does it still exist or is it long Snake gone? run is still there. Is it really? Yeah. Where, where Expo was, there's all buildings mm -hmm. and I actually, had an apartment and it literally literally was right exactly where the vert ramp was was the apartment and then i, I lived in that no. building and it was just that's crazy thing. yeah coincidence. okay so real quick larry i know you want to ask another question what was the first board that you got after you saw that roscop uh so that was roscop one my first board that i got a year later was actually mm -hmm. a roscop two so okay so you just breaking nice. out of the, out of the <laughs> stuck with the right yeah it's just white yeah nice nice yeah, just wondering. I, I always love to ask that question. Like, what yeah. was that first? That's important yeah. stuff for yeah. sure. It is. It is. I'll show you guys something funny. Okay. First boards are such a big deal. So my other first board was, or my brother's first board was a Craig Johnson. And so this nice. is a graphic I just remade for Duffy right there. Oh, nice. Oh, that's so cool, man. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and that's strictly from like, wow, that was our first board's memory. You know what I mean? That's cool. I was going to mention a quick story about that Miller Thrasher cover from that yeah. contest. So, you know, Chris Miller was sponsored by Gallwings, and I think it was either Fosto or Mofo. We're like, we want to put you on the cover, but you got to put Indies on your board. And oh, he put, really? if you look, he's riding independent trucks. Oh, no way. And then it comes out and Gallwings like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> I'll tell you another funny story about that. Um, I mean, dude, Miller was going so hard at that bowl. Like, no, I mean, there was Miller and there was Cab. And mm -hmm. it, it, the bowl has a bunch of hips that go down. And then there's a final hip into the bowl. And these guys, the way they were airing off one of the, like, berms or waves, whatever you want to call it, like, massive airs into the bowl, something that none of us had even thought of. 
Miller was just there for hours and hours. I guess he loved it, right? But he took that board. It was like a wine-colored Miller board. It's the one on the color cover, I think. And he threw it. There's a creek right beside the park. And he threw it into the creek. And one of our friends went and got it out of the oh, creek. Oh, wow. I don't know where it is today. That was like the board throwing contest, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because there's another story of John Lucero giving away. He was riding a prototype iron bars shape Yeah. at that contest. And he gave it to some girl. Yeah. And then like 30 years later, it showed up in a garage sale or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I love and that. Wow. There's a dude, there's like a collector guy. Chris Rice, um, yeah. he, but anyway, he has it now, and it was oh, verified. Cool. But yeah, that was definitely the the contest where boards were just haphazardly <laughs> handed out. I used, to, I mean, and like that, I used to throw my board every contest, and then the next day I'd be like, "God damn, I need those trucks or whatever." You know, <laughs> but it was just so fun when you, you know, when you make a run and you're in the moment. Just yeah, Danny's done a good job of saying he has every board. Like I did this on this board. I don't have a single board that I ever did anything on ever. Really? I would, I'd be so happy. I'd always throw my board and go party. So where does it go after this contest? Are you guys mainly street skating around Vancouver or how long until the Richmond skate? Yeah, ranch? So, um, and, and that's funny because like that contest is the reason we were able to get a vert ramp at the skate ranch. So after that contest, that's right. Kevin Harris, took that ramp and put it in a warehouse and opened the Richmond skate ranch sort of, I guess it was like one year later, but Richmond, I grew up in North van and Richmond was about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away. And it was pretty far. And I didn't make it out there. Like I knew about the ranch for six months before I made it out there. I was like 11 okay. years old. So it was mm -hmm. a long ways away to go. Definitely not on my own. And then shortly after the ramp went up, Lance came up and they built the mini chin ramp mm -hmm. and then that's what made the ranch so special because just mini ramps like that didn't exist yet yeah I always thought that uh that ramp looked so cool that was like it looked like something of my ability my skate abilities could could handle that yeah. thing I was like yeah. I'm ready to get on that mini chin ramp but yeah. never you never yeah. got to ride it did you go to the big the mini ramp challenge con the, another contest oh, that I imagine come on front row front row so how was yeah. that seeing like you know again the whole industry is like coming to your town a year later after the expo the skate your, yeah, home, it was your home park um and and so many little memories of that the standout memory memory for me of that contest was christian hasoy in his whole christian hasoy thing like you know the man and he skated to back in black and the way that song starts so he set his board up in axo stall and it's like, you know, it's like, do, 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 do. And then when it went for the final two, he did with his front truck, he went, ch, ch, oh, nice. and turned into the ramp. And I was like, no, he did not do that. <laughs> and we were doing that for, you know, forever afterwards. <laughs> Dang. Ch, ch, ding. So I'm going to start that now changer. too. Yeah. Only his soy could like, only his soy could, could like make something so stylish out of just mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. and axle stall drop in yeah. clank yeah. clank on the we floor. were in all so skating at the skate ranch is that how that sponsorship how came came about through yeah. kevin harris i'm guessing yeah exactly and so like once i had discovered the ranch then i was just there just period every day as much as i could be after school you know mm -hmm. and so one night i was there <clears throat> and i was just skating by myself and in walked tommy guerrero and bryce knight nice 
And so, you know, like Kevin was just such a massive supporter, you know, beyond building the skate ranch. He, he just, he really wanted to just bring up some kids from Vancouver and bring up another Canadian or whatever. And he, he just did so much, but um, so those guys came through, it was like a secret tour they were doing or something like that. And they showed up and, you know, Kevin was, was of course trying to like sell me on it and, mm-hmm. you know, Tommy gave the nod or whatever. And then, so I was just kind of on Powell at that point, like whatever, in whatever form that was, you know, I don't know. So you were there and then it was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta like bring my game tonight right now this is my chance kind of thing or uh, were you just sessioning trying and... to bring your game every right. minute every if a pro comes up you know that's of course <laughs> yeah, yeah you're going crazy yeah but did you have but any absolutely inkling? You're right yes that, yeah. yeah did you have any inkling though that that was even a possibility that or was it just sort of um, like i mean kind of maybe yeah. yeah like there was uh what was his name i can't remember his name right now another skater from Vancouver or from uh, Seattle and I had literally like kind of got you know like do you want to be on vision skateboards Mm. the guy's name will come to me a really rad skater from Seattle and so this was like the next day this happened and like Powell was the ultimate oh for sure to ride for you know what I mean and so I think Kevin just sort of said to me like hey Tommy's cool with you or whatever like likes you and so would you want to and I was just of course of course that's what I want to do (laughs) that's awesome and so, so I got that... my first photo in Thrasher that night. I'm doing a little frontside yeah. on the contents page because of Tony Hawk. You know what I mean? Doing yeah. a little frontside car. I got the contents. Yeah, you're right. Contents. Yeah, that's yeah. well. They say that's like the second best spot to be in the mag besides the cover, right? I think they people yeah, say yeah. That you I've want the contents. Before. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. If, yeah. I don't know if they still hold it in such high regard <laughs> back then. Yeah, there wasn't as many like sections like standout sections back then it was like cover contents and then it was the rest of the mag you know yeah so that's like your debut to the world contents pays a thrasher that's awesome yeah Yeah. what happens you get a call from todd or stacy or somebody like hey tommy says you're the man can we send you a box not at all that's the funny thing like i got a box like so they were like you're on pal and then my brother was also at the same time. He wasn't there that night, but we, you know, we're doing our thing together. And he got on Powell through Kevin, like Kevin's cosign. And then they were like, okay, what do you want? And, you know, I think I got, uh, I think I got a mini Lance Mountain was the board I got. And like, maybe, I, I think I might've got one board and then a bunch of t-shirts, you know, they had a ton of t-shirts back then. And then I didn't get another box for a year. And I remember oh, wow. my board, I rode that Lance Mountain until it was just falling apart. And I was kind of like, am I going to get another box? Like, what is going on here? And I really had to like push. And I hadn't, hadn't like nobody called me. And it was like, I, I think I'm on Powell, but mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, Kevin, basically Kevin says I'm on Powell, but that's the only thing that's ever, you know, suggested that I was on Powell. So it wasn't until like a year later, I got a couple more boards and then um it's so funny to me now because you know like running plan b and when i deal with little kids and seeing how their parents are and i like remembering that feeling of like what's going on how does this work and like so when i was sitting at the mini ramp challenge stacy had walked across the flat and handed me a t-shirt and that was just like in my little world that was just like oh my god like that was everything that always remember that feeling you know what I mean and when I'm dealing with little kids I always try to be 
you know, super clear to the parents about the process and how it works and what, you know, their expectations should be and what our expectations are. And I don't want to create any um, false illusions of something happening. So I, I try to be very, very clear with like, this is where you're at. And if you want to get to there, like, this is what you'll want to do, you know, because it was a very hazy thing at the time. And I remember in my 12 year old head, it was very confusing and, you know, traumatic is not a good word, but just, just, you know, I, I thought I spent a lot of time thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can imagine nerve wracking. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I'm on Powell. And then you're like, your buddies right. are like, what exactly. are you on Powell or not? What's right. up, dude? Yeah. You're still riding this ratty ass Lance mountain that you've had for like nine months. Totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Did the skate ranch eventually move locations? Cause I was under the, I don't know, just from seeing the videos, I was like, oh, it looks like they knocked down a wall and built some more ramps over there, but it did move, they right? Moved they moved the mini, yeah, they so they dismantled the mini chin and then rebuilt it. No, they uh, dismantled, they, they ended with that ranch and then Lance came up again and he did a whole new design. And so the ramps that were in, um, and thank you for sending me those links and videos. Oh, no problem. Um, I see some of those occasionally here and there, but I just sat and like went through them all. And that was really fun for me to do. Celebrity Tropical Fish, I hadn't seen forever. Uh, so Lance built the ramps that were in like, you know, ban this and propaganda. Mm. Everything from there on was a new skate park. You know, th that was the same park, say in ban that like, so public domain and ban this. And it had like the cross ramp where we would yes. do like the hip or do that transfer off the vert wall into the mini ramp. Mm -hmm. And then they took that out and then they built like that long mini ramp with the bold end and okay. the pipe yeah. up the wall and where you could air into the vert ramp now. So, yeah, I was always trying to figure out the layout because it, it was just like, I could never just get like a big overview and I would kind yeah. of get like, wait, this ramp's here. And I would like, you know, cause yeah, you can see the big like, picture. Uh, yeah. Sure. From afar, it just seemed like endless, endless ramps and yeah. yes. to go in line. Yeah. Oh, it was, mo it was such an innovative, crazy. It was like, you could tell somebody who skated put that thing together. Oh, because it was Lance, just, I mean, Lance you know, was the, the, the master of yeah. the ramp design. That part you were talking about where it's just kind of two boxes and you air over the, that was, was deadly. Like, like oh, there was, I was massive I was gonna, corners yes. there, dude. That was like inappropriately deadly. Right. right. Yeah. Because <laughs> like now, you know, if that was even built. They'd be covered in foam, you know. They'd have oh, like, it all be rounded out. It'd all be or be rounded, yeah. But you watch that, and you're like, "Holy shit!" And then yeah. you're airing into just God knows what's on the other side waiting for you. You had to have like yeah. collided with some people a few times. But it seems obvious now. But I mean, back then, like the first one, we didn't like you know, or not we. Lance didn't hadn't done it, and so we were just he was just experimenting, you know, mm. and learning as he went. But Lance was there, like he built it himself. You know, yeah. it's not like he drew it. And left he Lance built it yeah so we were there as little kids so by that time we were like you know young teenagers and we were just you know doing anything we could do help carry wood whatever we could do whenever we could do it to be involved you know but watching lance walk around with his tool belt was just <laughs> like we were just like wow whatever amazing how long man. was he there up there building that thing was it a couple of uh, weeks i would get i mean it's hard to remember but i i would say like two weeks i would say at least yeah and then he painted the walls with murals yeah all the good like graffiti building. yeah yeah let's talk about public domain for a little bit so lance builds the new park how long until he comes back 
to film because you're kind of featured within his segment there, which is super cool. You can kind of say you share a part with Lance Mountain. Like that's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we were like the little, like, I think there was a couple of us in there. I, it was probably within a year, I would say. It's tough to remember like timelines when you're kind of 13 or 12 or 13, but I would say within a year. Public Domain premiered in October 88. So it's probably like that summer or something that was filmed. Yeah. 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 So what was that like? Were you told you were going to be in the video or they just started rolling no, they, camera? We, I, we knew they were coming up to film. I'm trying to think if Stacy filmed that public domain stuff or not. I can't, I think, I think he did. But it's like, you know, back then when it was like, okay, we're going to film a video part. It's like, you got like two hours. Yeah. It's just a session. You know what I mean? Like, film a session. Yeah. Yeah. So back then you have tricks you're trying that you'd love to do, but you're in no position to say like, hold up, can I get this? You know, Mm -hmm. and the way skating was back then, there wasn't, you know, I'm going to try this for three hours until I make it. Like that didn't really exist. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's super cool that you're in there. I think there is like a sluggo little cameo. I think they show him like standing on a deck and. Yeah. That was one of the rad things about old pal videos, how they would capture the people there you know mm-hmm. totally whoever like the the homies there that was the first like homie parts yeah and that part is probably you know people think of the apollo videos having like kind of like a bigger production than other skate videos that then but that's probably the biggest one that you're you're in maybe because there's like some lights and you know, I think it looks like they had some lights kind of lit lit up the. I place mean, yeah, like Powell, Powell videos wise, they it, it, it's funny because they got you know as that my time on Powell went, production got shittier and shittier and shittier. You know, yeah, went, think about it, you know down down, celebrity tropical fish. It's just yeah, like, it was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I'll tell you I'll tell you this about public domain is like. I absolutely hated my part in public domain. Oh, no, really? I was traumatized. Like, Bucky, I told, you know, I skated with Bucky yesterday, and I told him, hey, I'm going to do the show tomorrow, whatever. And we were just talking about old parts and stuff and how funny it was that, like, they would come up and film for a day or maybe two, and then they go, and then you see you're part of the premiere. Mm-hmm. You don't know mm-hmm. what's going on. You don't have any say in anything. Music, you know, you don't, you don't you know, know any. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, in public domain, I don't know if you remember, but like, I come over this transfer and, and the music's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I I think I might like cried at the premiere like, when I got home. Like, why would they use that? That was awful. But I know that like for them, it was a novelty. Look at how, you know, out of control this little dude is or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, it's so funny to me. In the in the in that part, I'm wearing shorts that my mom, she used to my, sew my shorts. So I have these little rainbow shorts on that my mom sewed for me, and just that that sketchy stuff. Because in my little world, I wanted shit to be tight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I already was like, you know, cared about how things looked and everything. And so when that came out, I was just kind of traumatized. It's super oh, happy to be in the video, honored yeah. of course, but traumatized. Well, let me tell you, as somebody who grew up watching that video, that never appeared lame I'm, to me. I'm, yeah, I'm you sure know. it was just a personal thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I cared about this, and this this carried on throughout all the Powell videos. Is that you know, like I have a lot of squatting in the Powell videos, right? Like mm-hmm. landing and squatting, right? Mm-hmm. 
100%, I would not be like, oh, yeah, we got that. Let's move on. I'm standing up. Like every one of these tricks, I would have stood up on. And then they use the squat. And it just like haunts me, you know, to this day. Like, why would you use the squat? <laughs> it used to just kill me. Amazing. So you did go down to the public domain premiere in LA? No, Kevin had one at oh, the okay. Richmond Inn Hotel next to the ranch. For, oh. Uh, oh, that's cool. So that's there was cool. a Canadian premiere. Yeah, Kevin was just an unbelievable supporter, but driver of the skate scene. He created a small little, like whatever they were doing in California. He tried to recreate the Canadian version up there for us. He was he was the the reason for so many of the skaters that came out of Vancouver. And everyone really is to this day, a disciple of what Kevin Harris had done in one way or another, you know, when we grew up, we did stuff that for, for the next generation. It, it all goes back to Kevin Harris. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit about Rich Grosset, who shared, am I saying his last name properly? Yeah, Richard Grosset. He was yeah. rad. He was really good. He, uh, such great style, such a smooth, smooth skater, you know, he was, uh, I remember by the time I got to the Richmond skate ranch, he was already, air air alley-oop air like i couldn't wrap my head around how good he was skating the ver ramp really rad dude really nice guy great skater yeah because i just remember like all of a sudden it's like he's there in public domain with you in that section and then i don't never never saw him like i don't know i think he he um he was just one of those guys that just can't remember what he's doing. I lost touch with him. I don't know what he's up to these days, but I I, I want to say he became like a lawyer or something like that. Okay. Like he was sort of destined with his family and where they were from to, to go to school, get a job. So skating at that time was just like for that time, but he mm-hmm. was a talented, talented skater. So band this, another kind of quick little part that you have, that looks like it was part of, I think Tony and Ray did like a, like a secret tour where they kind of went to a yeah. lot of indoor parks and that mm-hmm. looks like they made a trip to Vancouver and got yeah. some Colin footage. Yeah. So I had like, and again, thank you for sending those links. That was fun to watch that. I haven't seen it forever, but like it, it reminded me, you know, at that time I'm like, I got shit to film now. Like mm-hmm. now I got shit to film more than public domain. And again, Tony came through. That was one session. I have like, two runs or that like that's mm-hmm. what it was you know so yeah, that was yeah. my part in band this i was i was traumatized not, not traumatized you know I, I was really bummed as a little kid when that came out i'm like man like am i on powell you know <laughs> like or am i just like this little novelty guy that they <laughs> pops up here and there yeah and because of that because of that video part my parents my dad and i made a sponsor me tape you know okay. like a first sponsor me tape i'm like i gotta show Stacy what I could do you know what I mean and so we put mm-hmm. we spent you know a few days filming it and edited it and put it together and sent it down and immediately after that everything changed okay really interesting yeah. that's why so, propaganda is completely different ratchet yeah my involvement is completely different because of the sponsor me tape I sent down and then all of a sudden the phone rang and then I was on pal nice wow so you hadn't skated in front of any team managers or company employee you hadn't been the southern california yet or no they i was just uh, some international kid that you know popped up here and there 
Yeah. So the I don't know if they if I ever would have done anything. Yeah, I don't know what what would have happened if I didn't make that sponsor for me tape. Crazy. So that opened their eyes. That's that's really interesting. Wow. So who's doing the uh in band this the follow cam? It's like skating that's with you Tony. on the ramp. That the Tony. Yeah, it looks really, he says, really you're nuts. Good. Yeah, he you're nuts. nuts. Yeah, yeah. That's so great. Yeah, that was one of the first like Bert follow cams. Yeah. Yeah, that's what makes that quick little part so great looking, I think. Yeah, but I mean, what a incredible, like, opportunity. Mm-hmm. Can't describe, like, Tony Hawk's there following you, you know. I'm at school the next day, like, yeah, I'm throwing lines with Tony. That, you know, <laughs> I don't know who Tony is back then, but, like, I mean, at my school, of course, all the skateboards. Yeah. I, don't, I probably didn't sleep that night. That looks like it might have been, like, an after-hour session, too, or something. Yeah. And then then public totally. domain looks like normal operating day. Like, there's, like, 100 I was laughing there. at that. In the, 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 that's funny you say that, because then I watched it, and I do that transfer. I'm like, there's kids everywhere here. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, they didn't shut it down for Lance to film or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That's cool. So, Skate TV. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of falls in between band this and propaganda. Was that your first trip down? To so that's exactly going? what I'm saying. Like send the sponsor me tape. Hey, we got an opportunity for you. Yeah. You're immediately, just... like immediately, like within mm-hmm. a week, like boom, everything changed. And then that's... came down and did skate TV and super fun. Just a super little stuttering, nervous little guy on there. Yeah. Trying to do my thing. Were you kind of freaking out? Like I would be like, freaking Oh my out. God, this is the pool from animal chin right here i'm looking at did you skate the pool too or just the mini ramp uh yeah i I hit the pool a little bit but like mini ramp was my shit Mm -hmm. at that time you know what i mean i it'd be hard to get me off the mini ramp yeah so when did i guess it's probably from the skate ranch but i'm wondering like you were just like became the mini ramp invert killer like super progressive and you're like inventing your own tricks like, cause I hadn't seen a lot of the tricks you're doing. I hadn't seen anyone else do. No, so definitely. like you're like, as the young kid, you're probably just street skating around with your buds and then the skate ranch opens and you're just progressing. Yeah. Like, and again, like all thanks to Kevin Harris, like when you have the best facility in the world, you know, it produces better skateboarding, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of the kids now, you, you, the best parks produce some of the best skaters, I think. And so I was just so incredibly blessed to have, the chance to be around that you know what i mean my life definitely wouldn't have been the same without that incredible skate park yeah and that was back in a time where there was not skate parks hardly at all when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, right. you know, yeah. they, there was only a handful of them. Kona. Yeah, and- kids these days, like, just don't get how there was nothing. <laughs> nothing. Stay, like, nothing. Literally nothing. Yeah. 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 So how was the interview with uh, Matt Lillard on, the, on Skate TV? Future movie star Matt Lillard. Because he wasn't a skater, so did that make it kind of awkward? Like, oh, does this guy even know what I he's mean, saying? I mean, dude, he, you know, he was as corny to me then as it is to us watching it now. You know what I mean? He was so far removed and outside of the skate scene, you know, where, but 
I, that interview is just so I can just, I just watch it and I'm just so nervous. And so I like, you know, of course I am. I just flew down from school and um, it's just, I don't know. I watch it. It makes me smile. Super cute. Yeah. We recently started, uh, we including skate TV on our show just cause you know, like Stacy and Craig made it. So we're like, Oh, it's in the wheelhouse. We've been uh, going through the skate TV episodes pretty hard lately. He, he asks me, he says, and my girlfriend, my wife always makes fun of me about this because I show her that. And she, he, he's like, so what are your favorite tricks? And I say, all my tricks are my favorite tricks. <laughs> <laughs> like just the cockiest little kid, yeah, like, just panicking, you know. In the yeah. So she's always like, all my tricks are my favorite tricks. <laughs> <laughs> so propaganda, that's kind of like you've got your own. This is like full on video part, solo part. You're ready to bust. But I have to ask real quick, how many grown men approach you and ask about Eskimo pie reverts and dog sled, the fakies? And I know that's just like, you know, when you, <clears throat> I wasn't even going to say anything about, I, I think it's funny. You're just, so what, what I'm guessing the interviewer is asking you about tricks or something and you're coming up. It's with these just tricks. like, you know, like you go, you're traveling as a young man around the world. This joke never stops. And everyone's like telling it to me, like it's the first time it's been said to me, <laughs> but I, don't, I it's cool. I, I don't know. I don't mind it. But yeah. you know, like when we were going, we were driving out to the, so there was another skate ranch that opened up. Kevin's like, um, it wasn't his brother. It was, but someone, I can't remember some relation to Kevin they opened another skate ranch in Langley. So there was okay. another one out there with that, that incredible park. And that's probably also confusing for you as well. That, that I'm was seeing like, footage from both. Ranch? And I'm just you like, I, I mean? think there's so, only one. And I'm just like, what's happening. Right. And so there was this guy that used to film, like that filmed a lot of propaganda and his name was Robert. Yeah, he was on Robert, our show. Robert Kittila. Robert Kittila. Yeah. yeah. In my head, like, I think he's, like, European, and he was, he like, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, what are you going to be doing in five years, Colin? <laughs> Not today. What is it in five years? That's what I need you to do right now. <laughs> oh, so he's trying to, like, progress you and push yeah, you. Yeah, and like... I'm, like, you know, listening to him as a little kid, just, like, dude, do you even skateboard or what? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, like, oh, you're Stacy's guy. Of course, I'm, I'm going to, like, okay. But, and so you know, like we're driving out to that skate park in Langley and they're just like, hand me a microphone. And he's like, you know, say his names of the tricks, like the craziest names that you can think of. I, I don't know if he has, I'm making up this accent. I don't know, but yeah, you're so close. Yeah, you're close. Yeah, yeah. Little names and yeah, definitely followed me my entire career. Well, that's kind of cool. Cause like you have what not a lot of the other members of the bones brigade have besides like the big five like the animal all the animal chin quotes that everybody quotes all the time right yeah like you got your own you got i mean pie, and that's what sled. that's awesome you know yeah. i love it yeah i love it there's a few things like it's it's like yeah all of us you go places and kids just want it and i do that to pros too you know what i mean i just mm -hmm. want to say them <laughs> i saw rihanna downtown at the roosevelt a year ago and she walked by and i said Bella, Ella, Ella. Smiled at me and I'm yes. <laughs> she was like, oh yeah, Eskimo pie dog slid reverts. That's what she said. Right, right back right, at right, you. Right back. Yeah. <laughs> we also get a little peek at street column here in this part. You've got a few street clips. In propaganda. Oh yeah. yeah. And and again, horrible, horrible 
clips devastating to me. No, I do you know, like, the curb cut is down awesome, there. dude. And that was like, you know, like we're skating the ramp and then like, okay, let's like that same day, like let's go get some street. And like, where should we go? Like cross the street to the like it wasn't like, oh, we got these spots here, we'll go to. It was just like just get it done, you know. Mm-hmm. And what can you do here in 20 minutes? And that's what mm-hmm. that was. You know? Yeah. But I remember being sad about <laughs> sad about <laughs> My so Robert, that. then Robert filmed you for propaganda. I believe, yeah, yeah. Okay, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what type of after that video came out? Like, what time type of reaction were you getting? Just from like, had you been going on tours yet, or anything, or am contests? Yeah, it's tough for me to say what um, what happened when, but my first tour that I went on would have been right about the same time. I think it was like band this time. I went with Kevin Harris and Tommy Guerrero and Caballero on an East Coast tour. And we okay. went sort of Pennsylvania, yeah, Harrisburg, the, sort of around, around there. That was it on the fold-out mini ramp? Yeah, tour, exactly. Summer tour? Okay. And the funny thing is, is like, you know, that's around the time, that was the start of Powell becoming uncool mm-hmm. and like the world industries like thing popping off. Yeah. And so when I was out on tour, I remember there's definitely a contingent of kids at the demos like fuck Powell. Oh wow. You know what I mean? Like that had just begun and, and mm-hmm. people were starting to think it was like okay or cool to hate Powell, you know, at that time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah def people yeah. like it's so weird. They they definitely took sides or chose sides. Like um Yeah, I mean Rocco was good at convincing a generation that somehow Powell was doing something wrong when really they were trying to make better productions and like worrying about the quality of the filming and like you know they were doing everything that everyone eventually was trying to do again. Mm-hmm. But Rocco somehow made it cool. The you know he names the video rubbish heap. Like we're the opposite of Powell. We're garbage over here. Yeah. And, and of course Powell kind of like followed suit as as we yeah. see in Celebrity Tropical Fish. So what about uh, the next video is eight and that came out not too long after propaganda. I think uh, George flipped the switch on Stacy and said, I want two videos a year now instead of one. So I think eight came out really not like, Oh really? Probably like I remember getting propaganda for Christmas in 90 and then, you know, you think you're going to get one for Christmas again the next year, but then eight shows up in the skate shop in like April or something. I was just like, Whoa, this is, this is quick. Oh, wow. I can't, yeah, see, I can't remember exactly how that worked, but yeah, we've been kind of doing the show. We've been kind of just dissecting it and trying to fit it all back together. So that's what we've, we've come up that's with really it. Cool. Eight came out uh, pretty quick. Eight is my favorite Colin McKay, Paul Peralta offering. Oh, oh there you right. go. that's my personal favorite. Yeah. Nice. Thank you very much. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just un- unreal how good you're skating in that video. Seems and like you might have grown it, like a couple inches between them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's that's what know? I was just about to say. Yeah. When I watch it, I'm now my own little man. You know what I right. mean? Like I now have my own little opinions, and I'm not wearing the shorts my mom sewed for me anymore. And <laughs> I have one big pro design elbow pad, which was yeah. like everything to me. You know, I had one with, and like it had red. I can't even remember how I got it, but it was custom made. But like that pad was just my whole world at the time to be able to wear one pro design elbow pad like some of my favorite pros and 
yeah, and that's where I was just starting to grow and just starting to like understand it a little better and, you know, work some things out for myself. So, yeah, you were. And I learned to what? smack my tail coming in late on. That, dude, so I was going to say. I always had. Sap, 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 sap. <laughs> that's why I like that part, man. It's just a relentless like tail and truck just like clang right. clack assault every time you i was i was button. just telling reese yesterday like you know reese you when you get you when you you got to start snapping that tail whenever you want and we were skating with chris russell afterwards chris russell showed up and he was like smack and i'm like reese you see that like the good good guys like slap their tail <laughs> on anything whenever they want just to add a little bonus yeah so you would have been what like 15 ish 14 ish yeah. Around this time. Yeah. Cause you, Probably I mean, the whole Powell 14, thing was yeah. what three, four years. No, I mean, that uh, one, right? I think I got on like when I was like 11 public domain, I was 12 mm -hmm. and then I was on plan B by the time I was 15. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember reading an interview with you once where you mentioned that there was talk of around that time of Powell turning you pro and they were maybe working on graphics or something like that. And you may maybe felt like you weren't quite ready for it or, or maybe you would just work one foot out the door with that company already or. No, it was a really tough, it, it was an extremely tough thing in my little world, that transition. And, um, you know, there was a whole new thing happening, right? A whole new movement happening and a whole mm -hmm. new kind of style of skating and everything was so right around then I was pretty much like, after eight, I was pretty much only in the streets. You know what I mean? I was old enough, like 14, 15, to where I was just going downtown every day. And my only interest was street skating. And I would go maybe once a week to the ramp and just skate. And it would be by myself. People stopped going to the ranch because mm -hmm. that's just when street skating arose. Yeah, and that huh. was just, you know, it was like H Street. And yeah. it was just, we all just wanted to skate street. That's all mm -hmm. we wanted to do. And so I, I was, again, the videos, thank you for sending them. I was watching Celebrity Travel Fish, which I haven't watched in 20 years. And I can see this morning right now when I just watched it, I'm like, I only care about street skating right here. And I'm trying to mimic, like I'm watching my hand. That's like a Rick Howard hand. I'm just trying <laughs> to do when I nose grind the rail. And I, I could just watch it. I was laughing to myself. Like I, I can only, I'm only worried about street at this point. I remember, you know, I, I watched... Last night I watched that celebrity tropical fish, which is actually Tony's video is just like included at the end. It's almost like a bonus video at the end. That's pretty, yeah. pretty neat. But if someone had pulled some of those, like your street tricks in that video, and then, and then they said like, what video is this from? I might say questionable. Cause it's like almost to that. Like I wouldn't I, even be able to tell. I like if I, a couple of those clips, I was just like, wow, I just do not remember this at all. I wouldn't have been able to been able to say yeah, but it's just like it's getting so close to that. That just so weird how they dumb down the production. You know what I mean? Like just to try to fit with what was going on. Mm -hmm. What was yeah. the video where Tony had the part with the drop of sweat coming off on the half cab over the channel? Was that eight? That's band where this was, the super slow mo band stuff. this where it was filmed on like the fanciest cameras they could. Yeah, get. that was incredible. Like that's what like. It breaks my heart because Powell should have just stayed the course. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Rather than chase 
Remember when Vans started trying to make DC style shoes yes. and it was just like, no, man. Yeah, we and want the figured, no, no, this is what we do. Yeah, yeah. And DC started trying to make Vans and no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a real bummer to see that. And they were trying to figure it out. That, that, that was a tough, tough time. And it was a tough time for me because now my friends were, you know, it was cool to hate Powell. Like that's what it was. And now, so I, all of my friends were like, oh, you ride for fucking Powell? Like, <laughs> too bad. Why don't yeah. you try to get on one of these brands? And I, like, I would like to. I would really like to. Yeah. So, so was there any did. mention that, you know, that stuff that's in Celebrity Tropical Fish, Tony was just like, oh, we're just going to make our own like homey crew video? Or did you I, think I mean, it would be? It was just a, such a strange time, you know, and Powell was just really kind of scrambling trying to figure out like, what is it? We're Powell. And, you know, I think that they got very comfortable being like the top dogs, you know? And they sure. just, they were just like, we're the best. And then Rocco just came and chopped their legs out and just exploited, you know, that. So they were just kind of scrambling, trying to figure it out. And then it was like, I can remember it clearly like, yeah, we got this new concept. It's going to be like, four videos within a video and it's gonna and you're gonna be on tony's video and i, I was just like oh, okay like you know yeah. i mean I'm, i am a student of tony hawk you know what i mean this is my sure. guy like i everything i did as a young man was you know my pink helmet and my first thrasher photo you know i'm mm -hmm. he's i'm merely a student of tony hawk and um but i was also like now at that point i had my eye on you know I also was like skating with Rick Howard every day. Like that's what I was doing at that point. I was with Rick every single day skating. And so it became very difficult for me. And I actually at one point tried to like, okay, I'm going to leave pal. There was a contest. There was a mini ramp contest at the Langley ranch and the plan B guys had come up and I had like met them and you know, met Mike Trinatsky there and they were like, oh, do you want to ride pal or whatever? And I was like, yes, I do. And then I went home and I told my parents like, yeah, I'm going to get on this company plan B. And my dad was like, no, you're not. And it was just like, absolutely not. Are you, you know, these guys have done this for you. And, and like, you know, I, it took another six months before that transition happened or whatever. Mm -hmm. So when plan B put out that ad, like these top skaters are going to leave their current companies and come to plan B and you were on that one ad. Was that already? No, so no, I wasn't was like, in that ad. I wasn't in that ad. Oh, I thought there was one no, with you no, in there. Plan B started and was running for like a year before I got on, but okay. it was tough because I loved Powell. Like I, even as a little guy and I'm like, okay, everyone's doing this, but like, I loved Cab. I love Tony. I love Lance. I love Kevin Harris. Like, but this was like a whole new thing over there. Powell was not evolving at the time. Like they yeah. were stuck in the mud. They mm -hmm. were not getting it right. And the management at Powell, like even like Stacy, George, these guys, they didn't have that younger layer connecting them to what was really going on. And all of their pros were vert pros. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a street pro yet. Valeli came along and, and, and Tommy, but like, of course there was a whole new, and then Valeli left mm -hmm. too. 
And it was like, oh, you're one street guy left. And then now you have these vert guys and then these like older, like Stacy George. And, and they, they hadn't connected the dots to like, okay, this is, this is what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. They were so comfortable that it took them too long and they lost some ground because of that, you know, yeah. but I was just, even at the time I was just, I loved pal. I always loved pal. Oh, so I'm sorry. You asked me um, about the board and that kind of thing. There was like, you know, Steve Rocco had turned Chris Branagh pro. Do you remember Chris Branagh? Yeah, 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 of course. (laughs) And that was a novelty thing, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I remember I was 14 and they're like, we're going to turn you pro. And that was Powell just like, what do we do? You know, reacting to pro. Like, you're going to turn a 14 year old. I would never turn a 14 year old pro today yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like never you you're not you have no business being pro at 14 unless you're niger and you go win the x games that's maybe different right. i was yeah. not niger you know yeah and so and this is really cool like this is a this is an honor that this happened but i and i god i wish i had it but uh sean cliver had drawn a graphic for me and it wasn't a bottom graphic it, it, that you're talking about matt it was yeah. just a top graphic and the funny thing is, is like, it was the first top graphic I think Pal ever did. Maybe Lance, no, excuse me. I think Doughboy had a top graphic, right? Like a Doughboy. They mm-hmm. did a few, I think, right? Where yeah, but it was, right. the it, was, with... it was super cutting edge to have yeah. a, a, not that like. Wing Ripper. 1980s. Yeah, yeah. Fucking oval yeah. dragon. Like, yeah. They should have got rid of that a few years before. <laughs> but um, so it was, what it was, it was just the boots of kiss so it was oh, like the okay. four pairs of boots looking all sick d- drawn by sean cliver no and way fax came through and my dad actually just gave me a binder of like all these faxes and it has all of these tours those first tours i went on and um it didn't have that and i wish i would probably literally just make it a graphic today if i still uh-huh. had that graphic yeah. it was so have you cool. talked to sean i wonder if he still has it Oh, we talk about it. I mean, you know, it was a doodle. You know what I mean? He, I'm sure, you know, he could do it, but he, yeah, yeah he remembers that. And I'm, I'm sure the like Cliver drawing that bottom graphic for Powell, but then Sean left and Sean went right. to, work. yeah. And yeah. Powell was just like, ugh. it was a tough, tough time for them right then. But so I, anyway, I was just like, I kind of, you know, I, I know what you guys are trying to do, and I'm not, I'm not the guy for it, you know, and, I know Danny went pro real young, but I'm not Danny. And I just, I, I, I was very aware that I was not ready to do that. Gotcha. And so when I went to plan B, one of the raddest things was, and, and I'm not going to go on any plan B stuff, but I'll just not tell sure. you one of the raddest things was Mike was like, you're not going pro anytime soon. And I was just like, perfect. Mike's trying to ask you. Yeah. Dude, I got to tell you, man, like at that time though, when I saw Hocus Pocus, it was like such a breath of fresh air. Oh. You know what I mean? Just even though the quality was low and it was all, you know, camcorder shit and whatever, like, I don't know, man, it just needed, it, to happen. it, it needed to happen. Yeah. It needed to happen. Yeah. Something needed to change and everything was changing around that time. Anyway, you know, pop culture wise, everything was changing. And so everything needs to sort of do its thing. Yes. And, then, and then it course corrects and, and, and gets back to where it needs to be. And everything works out. You got to break it down to build it up. Exactly. Know, yeah. But that's all we were doing. We were just hocus pocus in the streets. Mm-hmm. Ranch was empty. 
you know, Kevin was trying to keep it, keep it going, which, which, you know, anyone that owns a skate park knows how incredibly tough that is. Sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we were just, we were in the streets at that point. Yeah. Towards the end of Powell, I think they were going to give like, you know, we'll call them the animal chin guys, like their own brands within Powell. And I thought maybe I heard or read at one point you were going to be like on the Lance company within Powell, or maybe that might've been actually the firm, or maybe that's just talk. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, that's true. I, and, and again, like this, this was one of the hardest, hardest things that I, you know, had ever, ever done in my life up to that point. But like Lance wanted me on the firm and I flew down and stayed with them for a few days. And then like Tony wanted me on birdhouse, I think. Wow. Mm -hmm. Tony was my friend, but I, it, it just came down to like, I wanted to be with, with like, like Rick Howard was my everyday yeah. guy I skated with, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I'll tell you guys a funny story. Like this is, this is what like did it for me is I was with Rick and I was, I was, uh, and, and, and so like Jason Lee had cold called me and I just, oh, Jason Lee. And he's like, Hey, you want oh. to <laughs> for blind, you said in here. Yeah, yeah. And I was just at Rick's house and uh Ternansky called him and he was like, What is up with Colin? And uh Rick was like, I don't know, like firm, blind, birdhouse, whatever. And he and and Mike just said, you know, like, dude, none of these guys are gonna do like they're on some like let's be over like it's a street skating thing. I want Colin with Danny and I wanna make Vert cool whatever you know what to to that effect mm -hmm. and rick was like letting me listen and the <laughs> fact and and i was still like even though i love being a street i was still a vert skater like in my core you know what i mean and yeah. so the hearing mike say that and like watching street take over vert i did not want vert to die and i i hated the way that the vert gods i will call them were getting disrespected you know, because it was a crazy backlash. It wasn't just like, oh, we're not really fucking over anymore. It's like, we don't like you guys anymore, almost. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it was a real backlash. Absolutely. Yeah. It was really sad. And I was very sad about it. And the fact that Mike had said that and acknowledged, like, I want to put these guys together for the sake of vert skating, mm. that was it. That was it right there. And I went back to my parents, like, I'm going to ride for plan B. Now I'm a year older. Mm -hmm. And, you know, no, you're not. And I, yes, I am. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, so. That's but, that's that's great. But did... telling Tony Hawk and Lance Mountain that I wasn't going to ride for him was probably the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life at that point. Yeah, and, of course. And, you know, I, I, I think they were kind of bummed about it and bummed at me. You know, I mean, we we're all young, even though, like, those guys were so old to me. I mean... If I was 15, Tony was 22. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He's a young, young He's guy. He's still a kid too. too, yeah. And so there was like, yeah, it was it, it was so lame. It was so lame. I mean, it was so hard, not lame. It was really, really hard for me, but mm -hmm. I knew that what where I had to be. But it broke my heart because I love Pal. I did not hate Pal. I loved Pal. Seeing, you know, being on the inner workings of Pal and the warehouse and, you know, like, you know the big thing about Powell, like the 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 this the handbook. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, the handbook uh, yeah. fiasco. I love. I, I might make a handbook for the Plan B writers. I think they need it. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to bring some goddamn organization to this, yeah. this team. You know what I mean? Hey guys, 
you wear the shirt, you know, you know that's all it was. It was yeah. like, but it was sold as some just over the top, you know, yeah, I think and regulations and I think people heard of it and kind of turned it into this crazy thing. But I've seen it and read it, and it, to me, it's very tongue in cheek. Like it's well, Jim Fitzpatrick, being... Jim Fitzpatrick wrote it, and he's just like a complete clown. You know what I mean? The raddest I, guy of all. He's the time, best dude right, ever. Jim? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's the greatest. And he and I know. he talked about it, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, it was just part of that that whole camp motherhood thing that they were doing, and he just wanted it was to." Awesome. It, it was yeah. Awesome. It was never supposed to be. It was awesome. And I loved it. And I, it it really, really tore me, tore me up that just watching everything happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any skate zone memories? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and again, like watching celebrity tropical fish, Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh wow. That's, that's, we, we, uh, one of my friends at the time came down and we stayed there for like a week and we lived off whatever was in the the candy bar machine <laughs> the vending machine yeah. and chocolate bars i guess but we would skate all night to ourselves and talk about a dream for young guys you know and i'll tell you a funny story todd hastings super team manager right we were he picked us up in la and we were driving to santa barbara and someone had cut him off on the freeway and we were not afraid of some, like at that time we were, we had this little group and we were little hell dragons, the red dragons. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so um, <laughs> he had, the guy had done something to him on the freeway and he was like, you know, fuck that. And he sped up and got off and got in the overpass and gave us a bunch of stuff to like whale this guy's car with. And we were happy to oblige. Oh and like, my God. <laughs> looking back, like, Oh my gosh, like multiple felonies here. You Absolutely. know, like, we were just <laughs> soda cans or whatever, but that was, that was uh Todd Hastings. Nice. All right. Oh, real quick. Did I read at one point, that the final courting to come to plan B, did that happen over a, a round of mini golf with Mike and Danny and you? Uh, I mean, this is so lame. This is so lame of me and so sad. Okay. But, <laughs> you know, you got to understand like Danny way was just my hero now. Oh you God. Know, my hero. He was everything that I wanted to be in skateboarding, but he was my age. You know, that's what it was. It's that he was my age. I can remember um, the first time that I saw Danny, I had driven down with my family and we went to McGill's skate park. Mm -hmm. And McGill's dad made me wear wrist guards and I could barely even drop in with that. That's another story. I was traumatized by that. But I remember thinking at the time when I was 13, like, I'm a pretty good little little skater. You know, there's any other 13 year old. And I saw Danny and I was like, oh, I'm shit. I can barely skateboard, like seeing him in Rio. And it just changed my whole perspective on skateboard. And I went home a different kid and Danny was just my guy. And I I had to like, I had to be there. And so, but this is so lame. I had gone to, you know, they used to do districts, regionals, Mm -hmm. nationals. And I had done well at the first one in Corvallis. And then there was like San Jose and I did well there. I think I won the Burke contest. And so Todd, you know, pal team's like, let's go celebrate. And like, I peel off in the Porsche with Rocco. And you know, uh. just so, you know what I mean? So lame. 
but yeah, so but it wasn't that's it wasn't the final courting. It was happening, period. Okay. You know, it was just a matter of time before that was gonna that was gonna happen. So I just thought maybe they won you over with some free mini golf. They won me <laughs> over a year ago. It yeah, just yeah. took me that long to stand up to my parents and let them know that that's what I was going to do. Well, we reached out to some friends to see if oh, they wow. had any questions for you. So we'd like to hit you with a few, if you don't mind. Sean Mortimer has got a few for you. Awesome. He says, have him explain sluggo and rail justice. Rail justice? What? I recall that, but I can't remember. I mean, Sluggo, you know, like, what is there to say about Sluggo? <laughs> Legend. Um, Real Justice, what was that? I did, I cannot remember. But I remember the term, but I can't remember specifically what it was. I wish I could. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Sean. All right. Best prank you ever pulled at the Richmond Skate Ranch? Oh, man. They used to have sleepovers over there, you know? And we would just get mayhem, whether it was like matches in the toes or (laughs) nonsense. But we were such punks. Like there was a time, like as we were becoming teenagers and, you know, I guess we had like spray painted red fucking dragons down the side. And and like, it was just so out of line, you know, but we were just teenagers and Mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's. Anyway, that was really punk shit. Is that where the flame retardant suit comes from? In the uh... that happened just because there was a company behind uh, the warehouse over, and we were just like digging through the the big garbage can one day, and there was stacks of those. So we had hundreds of them, and we used to put them on like we'd be downtown, all just wearing those, or you know, <laughs> <laughs> and they were around for a while. You'd get like the SWAT team would come now if you did that. Uh, last one from Sean. How many times have you been kicked off the Vancouver bus system? Endlessly, endlessly. <laughs> when I look back, I'm like, you know, how many bus drivers could there have been? How are we even able to keep getting on the same bus at the same stop every night? Because it was every single night. We would leave the skate ranch. There would be about 20 of us. And it was like an hour bus ride and three different transfers to get home. And every single night. So you know, five was years it, worth of everything. Just getting kicked ride. off for like being just kids. So real quick, for, for those people who are listening to this that don't know about the Red Dragons, or can you just give a quick a quick explanation of Red Dragons? Well, the Red Dragons came about, we were riding on the bus and we got kicked off. And one of our friends, he's actually in Celebrity Tropical Fish. It says... It might say the teenager, but his name was just teenager. And there's a clip of him. I had forgotten about him. I saw it today. And we were getting kicked off the bus. And in Vancouver, there was a lot of these like Asian triad gangs, you know, and they all had names. Like one of them was like the screaming eagles and that kind of thing. And so we're all getting kicked off the bus and the bus, bus drivers in the stairs yelling at us. And my friend just turned around and said, we're the red dragons we kill you. And we literally all with our thrasher sacks on our shoulders fell to the ground on our backs. Like all of us in unison dying, laughing. And that, that was the <laughs> birth of the red dragons. So. Next one is from Jake Rosenberg and he goes above and beyond at all times. So he sent an audio message and uh, I think I can play it for you. I think this will work. 
I mean, when I think about Colin, the first time I ever saw him skate in person was the uh, Reno Amateur Finals in, in like August of 1990. And I'd love to hear him. He's always been such a progressive skater and always really been creative in thinking about trying street tricks on vert, and difficult vert, you know, tricks in general. So I'd love to hear about his sort of creative process of being in Canada, sort of being a little bit far away from some of the like, you know, early progression of vert and how he sort of found inspiration and came up with ideas for tricks in those early days. And then of course I'd be I'd be curious, you know, how that changed and how you know, it motivated him to be on plan B with Danny and, and to kind of contrast those two things with having such a vert powerhouse, you know, company like Powell with Tony and, and Lance and cab and, and then transitioning and really pushing himself in street uh, with Danny and Rick and, and all of those influences. Wow. Well, there's a whole nother show right there. (laughs) (laughs) I love Jake. Um, What a great, what a cool question. And that that's um, interesting because that's really what it was. That is what it came down to is like, there was a, a style of skating, the vert skating, and it switched. So we all like, I, I essentially stopped skating vert and all we did was skate straight, but I loved vert. And so that's how it happened. All I wanted to do was street tricks on vert. And this occurred to me, like, honestly, this occurred to me yesterday or like a couple days ago when I was driving and I just had this memory. I was like, wow, when I, from the time I was about 12 to about 24, the way I would fall asleep every single night, every single night was just going, just thinking of tricks, 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 tricks. And I was just, I was kind of laughing to myself the other day, like, wow, like, the amount of hours that I put into just stewing and thinking on tricks. And I always think to this day that the idea of the trick is about 30% of the battle, you -hmm. know? And I felt like I always had a luxury of being the only one or one of, one of a few guys that cared about the street on vert thing. Mm -hmm. There's probably a lot of guys that could have done it, but, weren't concerned with it you know obviously there's a ton of talented people out there and the pal guys weren't necessarily like on that path i have to say that tony was just absolutely exceptional in that it's so hard when you grow up with the perception of certain things like this is the ceiling and then you have to change that perception and say no it's changed and now you got to reprogram your brain to be like, you know, it's like the 900 is a good example. It was never possible. And then you got to be like, no, like we got to change that. And now it's possible. And now these kids who grew up always thinking it was possible. It's a whole different way you look at it, you know? And so I, I got to hand it to Tony because he was raised in that generation before there was any of the street stuff. And he adapted and he did such a good job of adapting and pushing that. But there was obviously this whole new thing over here. And it, it's, it's as simple as that. We were street skaters, but I love skating vert. So all we wanted to do with that. And I had the luxury of just looking at people like Guy Mariano and, oh, boom, take it over there. Boom. And the amount of times that I did that, 
you know, whether it was Hocus Pocus or blind video or whatever. So it was like two things. It was every single night falling asleep, half an hour, at least hour, just stewing. And then just, I just got to just steal shit from the awesome street dudes. And you had access to a vert ramp. And I had access to a vert ramp. But it was such a part-time thing back then. Yeah, It was like, it it was like five days straight, one day vert, or maybe Mm -hmm. even more like 10 days, one day type of thing. But I always think that like, as long as you're skateboarding, you're still like your, your vert skills will be there. Being in the street was as good as being on vert when you have all of that foundation that we already built, you know? Totally. All right. We got a couple more. Bobby Puglio asks, wow. Who did you get to see skate the skate ranch that a, you never thought you'd get to see it. And then B, who did you see skate it that skated it exceptionally well? Wow. Amazing question. Who, I mean, again, there is no memory like that. Christian Hasoy memory. It was, it was awesome. There's a four one one that has this session where it was like Mike Frazier, Neil Hendricks, Max Shaw came up and skated. And that was a standard. Like I, I was a big Max Shaw fan mm-hmm. back then. And skating with him was really cool. Who else? Like, what about I, someone I, like I, Neil Blender at the, the mini ramp challenge? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Neil Blender. I was just about to say Jeff Grosso was a real oh, treat nice. to yeah. watch skate the way, the way he did it. Tommy Guerrero was exceptional on the mini ramps. He did this like lean to nose pick to front side out of it. That was mm-hmm. mind blowing at the time. Lance mountain. He like crossed that gap. It's, it's so cool when you're young and you, it's your local park and you know, you guys think, you know, what's possible. Then a pro shows up and there's just does a transfer or something that you never even saw. Mm-hmm. Cause it just didn't occur to you, you know? And these yeah, guys were jumping off that that hump roll up over that middle channel and landing on the deck or Lance went up the middle and did that wall ride across the big vert wall into the, into the mini ramp over there. Mm-hmm. That was mind blowing at the time. Yeah. I like that. He also built that handrail and he kind of, at the end of his run, he would like roll out and then Ollie yes. board slide the handrail. Super cool. Which I mean, nothing like sums up the transition of where things were going better than that right there. Yeah, that's true. To the rail, and I'm gone in the street. (laughs) (laughs) All right, last one from Tony Hawk. What was your favorite karaoke song from your trip to Japan with Tony and Bucky? (laughs) That's so funny. As we were sitting here talking, I was just thinking, man, I wish I would love to mention the tour that I went on to Japan with Tony. Okay, dude, lay it out. That was just a game changing, a life changing experience. Bucky made me drink alcohol. I must have been like 15. He didn't make me, but we we drank a little bit. And again, like Tony was a young man, you know, if I was like, when would that have been? Yeah, I mean, I, I probably was 14 or something like that. You know, Tony, he's seven years older than me. So he, I always thought he was an adult. He was just a young dude, you know, mm-hmm. working his shit out too. The songs, I it, it would have been like YMCA or, you know, uh, uh, 80s Hammer, you know, We Built This City or, you know, <laughs> nice. one, one of those is what it would have been. But we had an absolute blast on that trip. And it was me, Bucky, Tony, Frankie Hill. Wow. Yes. 
and we got to experience it. It's always so cool, obviously, to go with Tony Hawk. Even back then, you get to do different shit than you mm -hmm. would on some other skate tours. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I so, mean Tony was still Tony. I mean, it was already he was, he was still Tony. Than life. Yeah, yeah. He was still Tony. And so I, I, you know, I would go on any tour with Tony anytime. <laughs> he would ask me. My best tours that I've ever been on have been with Tony, like the the gigantic skate park tour and that kind yeah, of thing. Those are great. Yeah. So we had a lot of fun. And like we used to make these mixtapes of, um, you know, just all of those type of songs. Like I remember like Trooper, like the boys in the bright white sports car, like that kind of stuff. A highlight for me is I had left one of my mixtapes that we would make with Tony. And the when the Planet Earth video came out during the credits, when Miller's skating, my tape is playing at Tony's house. <laughs> And me and my friends were like, oh my God, they're playing the tape. Like, that was <laughs> That's huge. That's great. That's amazing. All right. So, maybe to close this out, just give us a quick update of uh, anything exciting that's going on with Plan B right now or coming up that you could talk about. Nothing as exciting as Pal Peralta. <laughs> I, listen, you guys ask me, like, and I, I keep saying it, but like, it's not even a question. I want to be on this show because I'm such a fan of Pal. And you know what? I am so happy that Pal has made this comeback. Where's I'm mm -hmm. wearing a Pal beanie this morning. I don't know where it went, but I'm wearing a Bones beanie and I'm honored. I'm so happy to be slightly involved with them. You know, they send me mm -hmm. boxes of wheels and there I just love it. I'm such cool, a fan. Man. And it was so tough knowing where their hearts were, watching them go through what they did. But as we said, like it had to happen for them to, and I think they're seems like they're crushing it i laugh yeah oh, i yeah. think so I, I i skate with cab now like i the, two two days ago was the session was like me stop cab bucky and we're at tony's ramp you know so yeah you know tony was helping me back then and he's helping me to this day and you know watching tony's part that he just dropped like i kind of skate and then seeing that part like i'm like wow i need to like i need to get serious about this like that looks so fun tony made that look so cool and it's just unbelievable i i honestly question if he was ever going to be the same guy after his leg injury i was wor i was worried. i watched it firsthand and he would land a trick and he had that like wobble and i was like oh man and no now he's just tony hawk again it's so cool to see yeah i was so, worried about him he like walking out of the hospital the next day or whatever i was yeah, like oh, dude, maybe try to chill a little bit bad. and it's just a good reminder too like you know like i forget who was saying yesterday like oh i'm gonna you know skate with no pads or something and it's just like man anything can happen you know if tony hawk can fall on mctwist like any of us can fall on anything at any time mm -hmm. but I, you know, I skate with Cab a lot. He lives like a mile from me, which is hard to believe as a young man that that guy that I saw that was the coolest guy. And I still think he's the coolest guy. You know, my feelings haven't changed about that whatsoever. But, you know, and, and this is, I'm just so happy for Powell. Like, you know, I'm like, Cab, how many, how many boards do you sell? You know, of the old boards, he's like, you know, they can't make them as fast as I sell them, Colin. And I'm just yeah. like, that is so, that's amazing. So sick, dude. Pal deserves nothing less than that. Yeah. A few years ago, maybe it might even be like 10 years ago. Now they, you know, that was like a minor announcement. Like, Hey, we're going to do some boards for people that were rode for us, but kind of slipped through the cracks or kind of left before we got to it. And they did a board for Jesse Martinez 
And I was like, yeah. that's awesome. And they kind of alluded that there'd be more like, I was like, oh, you know, you can get a Colin in there or a Kevin Staub or, you know, some of the so know, other guys that slipped through the cracks kind of thing. I did a plan B graphic recently or no, no this is like, uh, no, not recently, like a year and a half, almost maybe two years ago. And it was a Caballero. It was the first Caballero graphic. And it just said Colin McKay in that super cool script mm -hmm. above with the dragon. And then what I did was I wrote a letter to George Powell. George, how's it going? I'm Colin. I don't know if you remember me. Like, you know, da, 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 da. like I love Powell. It would be an honor, George. And I like this whole long letter talking, you know, very deeply about my feelings about Powell. It would be an absolute honor, George, if I could do this board. I'll make like seriously like a hundred of them. I'll do it in this shape. Cab is okay with it. Like I showed him first. He's fine with it. Like, but I didn't want to go the old route. I just wanted to get your blessing again. I'll make a hundred. Da da. And George hit me back. Colin, of course I remember you. Yeah, no, <laughs> not making the board. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. <laughs> but you know, it would be cool to have a Colin old, like not a reissue, but a guest board on Powell. Yeah, that would be incredible. Do yeah. that. And I was like, wow, like that, that would be an honor, George. That would truly be an honor. So it's been a year and a half clocks ticking. You're either going to see the plan B graphic <laughs> or a Powell board. And I haven't, uh, I haven't been working on any Powell graphics. So keep an eye out. That's, that's the exciting thing happening with plan B is my new All Powell right. Caballero graphic. That's going to be dropping next year. Nice. All right. Perfect. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Colin, thank you so much for uh thank joining us today yeah this has been awesome right on thank you guys dude such an honor to meet you man honor to be on the show guys thank you so much and there goes colin back to the green room amazing dude what a nice what an what an awesome guy dude that was gold man i was I know. loving it yeah thank you yeah. colin super stoked i like that uh his parents seem to be real supportive too like he mentioned his parents like several times were kind of helping guide him through his career and stuff like that yeah 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 definitely that that's a big that's a game changer when you have their your parental units behind you and in, in, at an early age and not just trying to tell you what a waste of time this all is for sure yeah. and also interesting he had to send a sizzle reel down to powell to kind of get some more attention kickstart the yeah uh, like yeah. hey i've been in a couple of videos what's happening here's here's my demo tape and they're just like, whoa, popped off. okay, yeah. 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 You know, the squeaky, squeaky wheel gets the grease, Larry. Yeah, that is true. Something like that. Yeah, something but like that. But I mean, um, yeah, what a, what a crazy story, man. What an amazing adventure. Good stuff. And that's only part of the Colin McKay story. You yeah, know? we, I mean, we ended uh, we, that we, plan we, B. There's a million more. Yeah. To go. Oh, yeah. my God. We'll let uh, someone out there have a plan someone B podcast can, by yep, any chance. Yeah. Get on it. Yep. All right. Thanks again, Colin. Uh, super stoked. And uh, man, I would love to have him back at some time just to. Uh, oh, definitely. Just to shoot the Shizers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, Matt. Is it time? I think so. All right, let's do it. And now the Bones Brigade audio show mailbag. All right. It's mailbag time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep it to two pieces of correspondence this week, but one of them is really long. It's, okay. a, it's a really cool story. So we're going to go with the short one first, and then we're going to go to the long one. All right. Uh, so we have a, uh, 
uh, just a really cool little email from Adam S. And he writes in and says, hey, guys, I've been listening since the first episode, and I just wanted to say keep up the great work. The show is totally rad. Will you be reviewing the Bones Brigade autobiography and Tony Hawk documentaries at any point? I think it would be great to hear your all's thoughts on those. Thanks. Absolutely, we'll be doing those videos. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Those are still to come. Still lots of good stuff to come. Yes. Yeah, it'll be fun to get to those. There's a lot yeah. to dig in, lot, lot to dig into on we those. We will you know. at the at the the later half of our uh series, there's gonna be lots of documentary coverage. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. And then for uh entry number two, we have our good friend Tim Malins, who you might remember. Yeah, shout out shout Tim. Out Tim. Tim is the uh the brains and the uh the brawn behind savannah slamma the actual you know events events. yeah Yeah. he was the guy that put them on uh if you go back and listen to i don't even know what episode it is episode seven i'll take a guess seven okay we did a uh, savannah slamma deep dive which was you know kind of one of the first ones that sort of went off the rails a little bit into uh not quite paul peralta territory but just enough to keep it Mm -hmm. polish enough for this podcast but tim joined us on that episode amazing dude great story so he actually wrote in and um he had a uh, just a a tale he wanted to tell about um well i'll read it okay i'll read it a story from tim i'm 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 excited to hear it let's go all right hey bones brigade audio show i just wanted to drop a story about my experience hanging out on a video shoot with robert kittela who again Listeners, if you go back in time, you can hear our intelligence report with Robert. That was earlier in 2023. So go find that one. So uh, I will continue. Steve Size loves this one, according to Tim. I was out in LA area staying with the Size brothers. I think I'd had a follow-up job interview at Powell, or we went on a surf trip to Mexico or both. Steve and Marco were always welcoming to me. I was at Steve's family home when he got a call from Robert Kittela that he needed to meet up with Steve to get some new footage for the next video, which I'm pretty sure was eight. I was invited to tag along. Robert showed up in what I remember was a classic Volvo with a big smile saying, where should we go? We headed a long beach where there was an empty pond or some sort of water feature in a park near CSLB. It was like a huge concrete ditch with banked transition sides. Steve was ripping as usual and pulled up a park picnic table next to the bank, doing tricks on that and launching off the bank. At one point, Steve missed a trick and accidentally landed seated on the bench of the picnic table. It was really funny. I can't remember if that made it in the video. It was really interesting to watch Robert's process of shooting, getting shots at different angles. He clearly enjoyed his job, and I was treated to get a behind-the-scenes look at how the videos were made. At some point, Steve got word, I think from Marco, that there was an empty pool at an abandoned or condemned house, or so we thought, in the Fullerton area. We picked up Marco and headed over to the abandoned pool at the abandoned slash condemned house with Robert following. With Marco navigating, we found the house, which indeed looked empty, run down and decrepit. We parked in a liquor store parking lot behind the house and peeked over the back wall to find, despite the neglected condition of the house, an empty pool in great condition. There were a handful of locals skating it and and it all looked good. 
We grabbed our skate gear, Robert grabbed his camera gear, and we hopped over the wall. The locals were stoked to see a Powell Pro and Marco, who was a Vision Am, show up with a cameraman, and it turned into a fun and friendly session. It wasn't a big pool, but it was round with the shallow end and smooth walls. The transitions were tight and there was a lot of vert, so not a whole lot was happening on the coping, but it was fun learning to carve it and see how high you could get on the walls. Steve separated the pro from the amateurs by casually going over the deep end and tail dropping in. With that much vert and little transition, it was no easy feat. Robert told me he got shots of me with a pretty bad fall, and I secretly hoped I might make the obligatory slam section of the next video, which I didn't. All of a sudden, we saw the local skaters scatter. We look up and see a police officer standing on top of the side wall facing the street. The fun had ended abruptly. I turned quickly to see another cop climbing onto the black wall we had come over. I thought for a split second to make a run for it, but I looked over at Robert, who had a smile that just said, oh, well, I guess the session's over. Hmm. Also, it didn't seem fair to bail on Robert, who was stuck with 30 pounds or more of expensive camera equipment. Anyway, I thought they might just let us go and I might get in more trouble if I got caught running or in retrospect, maybe shot. The two officers did the usual good cop, bad cop routine with the four of us lined up, then asked for our IDs. They informed us that the property was not condemned or abandoned, but had just been purchased and is being readied for renovation, and the owners were very angry that people were skating the pool. When we presented our IDs and the realization sunk in that I was the only one with an out-of-state license, then the cops took a particular interest in my Georgia license. He asked how long I would be in California, and I implied I wasn't sure because I was getting hired by a company out there. The cop said he didn't believe me, and Steve interjected that it was true, and that he and Robert were employed by the same company that was hiring me, while also making a plea that we hadn't done any real harm and the whole problem could have been avoided with a couple of signs. The cops just smiled and said, your buddy's getting arrested because he's from out of state and I'm issuing you all citations for criminal trespass. Yes, the fun was indeed over. Robert, Steve, and Marco told me not to worry. They'd bail me out. The cops cuffed me and threw me in the back of their car and rushed me off to the Fullerton Police Department. They became angry because I exercised my right to stay silent and I didn't say a whole lot. They tightened the cuffs to the point where they cut me and threw me in a cell with this huge dude who was the most certainly who was most certainly a gang member in the hope that they would beat the shit out of me. I overheard them talking Man. and making jokes about it. It turned out my cellmate was real nice. As soon as the sh cell door shut, he looked at me and said, fuck them cops. I'm not going to mess with you. Sit your ass down. <laughs> he asked then what I was in for. I replied, criminal trespass. Then I sheepishly asked, what are you in for? Because I na naively thought that's what you're supposed to do in jail, not having a lot of experience. He replied, criminal trespass, but probably a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> After some small talk, an hour or so had passed that it seemed like an eon and the cell door swung open and I was ushered to the front desk where Steve and Marco awaited me with huge smiles and a bit of a giggle that they were trying but failing to hold back. They apologized for taking so long, but it was around $500 or so for bail. I can't remember exactly. And the ATMs were limited to $200. They said Robert offered to help get some money out of his ATM, but they couldn't, they could tell he really needed to get home. So they said they'd take care of it. They went home. Their dad, Mr. Size, had some cash to help out. Wow. Steve offered to pick up dinner and a couple of beers at Hoff's Hut, his favorite, because he thought that was the best, the least he could do after my unfortunate afternoon. 
So after returning to the size hacienda in Long Beach, cleaning up and repaying Mr. Size, we headed out for a nice dinner to cap off the day. And that's my story of being arrested and thrown in jail on a Paul Peralta video shoot with none other than Mr. Robert Kittela. Wow. That's an epic story. Quite the tale. Yeah. Wow. Tim, thanks for typing all that out. Cause we, you know, as we know, people just type with emojis now. So that was like, yeah, that's, yeah. It's like, that's pretty epic a novel. It's like war and peace. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, man. A night, uh, afternoon in jail in Fullerton, California. Yeah. Yeah. As the locals call it full of hurting California. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm not a loke. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, man. Thanks, Tim. That was awesome. Uh, it's 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 always funny to hear stuff like that. You know, when you're whatever, man. Like when when you're young, you 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 imagine that you know when you're watching a Paul Peralta video when you're 12 years old, you just assume that like, oh yeah, like they they're not barging, they're not, you know, you know what I mean. They're not like trespassing and stuff like that. You know, these guys are on the level. They're like a real company. Yeah. <laughs> you know. They, they blocked off the street surely to skate oh, down. Of course. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, they had the permits. Yeah. <laughs> but Animal no. Chin, Animal Chin has that yeah, uh, disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's all BS. I think they of were. Of course just it is. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Everybody out there, we would love to have you be a part of our show. So send us an email and we will read it. On a future episode, the easiest way to get us our, an email is to go to our website at thebonesbrigadeaudioshow.com, click on our contact page, and you can send us an email there, and we'll get it on a future show. And we look forward to hearing everyone's message. All right, Matt, anything else before we wrap this up and shut it down? Well, dude, I just want to say congrats on 50 episodes, oh, I guess, yeah. right? Episode 50, yeah. yeah. It's coming to a close here. Yeah. Who what could? a way to go out. What a way to wrap 50 episodes, though, man. Yeah. Colin McKay, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, super psyched. All right. Thanks again to Colin. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, I'm Larry. I'm Matt. Reminding you to never stop searching for Chin. Have a great night. Switch stance, dog sled, igloo plants, the fakie. Yeah!